0: very good morning to my brothers and sisters in Christ and also the friends that have joined us for this morning. Uh, Thank you for taking time to come to worship with us and we hope that you enjoy your visit with us. Uh, We are currently on a series of lessons about leadership and over the past couple of weeks we have talked about leadership of elders, leadership of deacons and last week you all shared with us a good lesson about leadership in the home. And today we'll be talking about, about leadership and we'll be talking about leadership of teachers. I think in the Chinese culture, we know that we emphasize a lot of respect, a great deal of respect and honor for our teachers. For instance, Chinese, they have some sayings that actually talk about the importance and the greatness of our teachers. For instance, we have this uh, Chinese saying that says, So it tells the literal translation is, He who teaches me for a day is my father for life. So a great honor that is given to teachers in that respect. So a lot of us have many fathers in this congregation, uh, fathers and mothers. And we also have another uh, saying that says, 眼是出高徒, uh, meaning that uh, a strict teacher produces outstanding students. So the success of people oftentimes attributed to the teachers that they have. And I think you can identify with that, the teachers who have inspired you to become the person that you are, or maybe even developing the interests that you have engaged in. And there's also a Chinese saying, an ancient Chinese proverb. I don't know why I couldn't find the Chinese exact one. Uh. They just give me the English code and say ancient Chinese proverb. But I can't find the Chinese equivalent. But here is what it says. Uh. A lot of books does not equal one good teacher. Okay? If anyone can find uh, know the Chinese saying, uh, let me know. I'll be interested to know how he actually say that uh. But I think this makes a lot of sense uh, that you can have a lot of books. But without a good teacher, sometimes we cannot really understand. Sometimes I read the Bible, you say Bible is so difficult to understand. But when good teachers, they help you to really enlighten you and point you towards the way to heaven. And in the congregation of Eastside, we have a small congregation, about 50 members. I think we are really very blessed. uh. God has given us many teachers. In fact, when you look at our past teachers' appreciation, half of this congregation are actually teachers, uh, a good number, about 50%. And uh, we likewise also ought to hold these brethren, our teachers, in high regard for the great work that they are doing as well. In fact, teaching is a very noble profession, a very noble thing to do, especially teaching of God's word. So we are thankful for the many teachers here that put in a lot of time and effort into preparing lessons for our edification. You know, in Numbers chapter 11, Moses had a wish. Moses was burdened with the people's problems and he actually complained to God that it's too heavy for him to bear. So God told him that he will appoint, rather God told him to appoint 70 elders to help him in this work. And God said that he will put his spirit, the, Moses, the spirit of Moses, upon them. And what happened was that these teachers, once they received the spirit, they began to prophesy. And so, Joshua he told Moses, Forbid them, Lord, okay, because these people are prophesying throughout the camp. But Moses asked Joshua, Envious thou for my sake, Oh, that all the lost people were prophets. So Moses expressed his wish that, oh, it'd be good if every of God's people were prophets. Then the congregation can really be edified. Likewise, I think this should be our desire uh, that all of God's people were teachers. We hope that this congregation, not just 50%, we can bring this number up, 80%, 90%, even to 100%. How wonderful if all these all these members, all our members, are all teachers. And then we can be able to do more for the Lord. Right now, we are having a few children classes but it'd be great if we can have even more children's classes. But the problem is our lack of resources. We need more teachers. It'd be great if we can have men and women's classes. But again, our ladies are tied up with teaching the children. So how wonderful it is if we have more teachers, we can have more classes. And then we can also help to share one another's burden. And so in this morning's lesson, I likewise like to go about the same uh, outline that I did for the previous lessons, looking at three points about first, our requirement for teachers. Why do we need teachers in the church? Why are they so important? And then we look at the responsibility of teachers. What do they have to do? Sometimes you think, hey, teachers just teach, right? Uh, but actually not so simple. La. God has high expectations of his teachers. And lastly, we talk about the response to teachers. How should we treat our teachers in this congregation? Well, first, let's look at the requirement of teachers. Why are teachers so important in the church? Firstly, <clears throat> because teachers... Educate those who are not in the faith. In the great commission that our Lord Jesus gives to us, He says that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The New King James Version says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So you teach people to make them disciples. How? By baptizing them. So there are teachers that do that to help to teach our guests, our friends, and help them to obey the gospel. Recently, we have uh, new converts. We have John, Cindy and Alexis. And we are very good teachers that are teaching them. Uh, we thank uh, Paul and Mark for the hard, hard work that they put in, the preparing lessons to teach them and help them to obey the gospel. So their efforts shouldn't be undermined. Uh. Really, teachers are very important because without teachers, the loss will not come to God the lost need to know about the gospel in order to come to God. People will not come into the church halfway and say, I want to obey the gospel. I want to be baptized. They don't. They need to be taught what they need to do in order to obey the gospel. In fact, a Lord Jesus would say in John chapter 6, verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Some people look at this verse, they get very excited. Huh? You know, God must draw us There must be awakening within you, a spiritual awakening. God must give you a dream, a sign, a vision to you, or even a soft voice telling you that you need to obey Him. Is that what the Bible tells us about God calling us? Well, consider the context. In verse 45, Jesus explains to us that this calling, this drawing, is not miraculous. But how do you do that? It says, it is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that I heard and learn of the Father come unto me. So notice people hear the gospel, they are being taught, and then they are drawn to God. They become Christians and obey the gospel. And 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 14 also tells us that we are called by the gospel. God doesn't give us a miraculous calling, but He's calling us through the Word. That's why preaching and teaching is so important, because without that, the lost will not come to God. As Paul would say in Romans chapter 10, How shall they hear without a preacher? So people must hear the gospel, but to do so, there must be people who are willing to teach them. In fact, we consider the example of the Ethiopian eunuch. Remember that this was a very pious man. He went to Jerusalem to worship and he was on his way home. And this man was reading the book of Isaiah. I don't know why, but I chose a rather difficult book, one of the major prophets to read on his way home. And on his way home, he was actually reading aloud because Philip would know that he was reading Isaiah. So this man was doing reading, and then Philip heard him read it. And Philip ran to him and asked him, Understand thou what thou readest? Do we understand what you are reading? What was the eunuch's response? How can I accept some man should guide me? Guide me. And he desired Philip that he will come up and sit with him. So this message that is very difficult to understand. I won't understand unless someone guide me. But of course, this is not to say that the Bible cannot be understood, huh? Doesn't mean that you need to have enlightened men, a certain priest to be able to teach you the Bible. The Bible tells us that it can be understood. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3 to verse 4, Paul says that when you read, you may understand the mystery of the knowledge. So we can read the Bible and understand what it means. It's written in English so we can understand. Or rather, it's translated into English for us to understand. But written in words, words impart knowledge, it helps us to understand. But what it means is that the Bible is not like a manual uh, that you can straight away read and you know what to do. How to be baptized? Let's turn to section chapter A. Oh, these are the steps. It's not written like that. How to worship God? Section C will tell you all the five acts of worship. It's not. We have to read, we have to study and then to be able to assimilate the truth to find out what is God's will on that matter. So it's not easy for people who do not know the Bible to come to a conclusion how to become a Christian. Sometimes, much teaching, much guidance, is required. And teachers help in that regard because they assimilate the verses, the knowledge, and then they present to them in a very clear manner that's easy for them to be able to digest. So they put it at an appropriate level so that they can be able to understand and to learn. That's what our school teachers do, don't they? Primary school, you learn about certain things. Secondary school, they up the level, the difficulty. If you go to college or go to high school, they will also bring it to a higher level. So that's what teachers do as well. They can teach the same subject but make it age-appropriate. So that's helpful for those of us who are learners, students of these teachers. So the first reason we need teachers is to educate those who are not in the faith. But not just those who are not in the faith, but even those who are already in the faith, they need to be able to taught as well because teachers enlighten them. They help them to understand and apply God's word. The Great Commission notice that there are actually two teachings. The first is to teach to make disciples of all nations. But after people become baptized, do we stop the teaching? Well, no, because verse 20 tells us that we are to teach those who are baptized to observe all things that Christ has commanded us. And Jesus says, Lo, I will be you always, even unto the end of the world. So we continue to teach those who are young in the faith, because without teaching, new converts will not grow. The only way Christians can grow in the faith It's not just through uh, having fun, fellowship, but they need to know God's word. God's word is like a seed that grows in them to help them to mature in the faith. That's why Peter will tell the Christians, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Children, they need milk. uh, So you need to feed them with milk and then after taking milk, they progress to solid food. In the same way, young converts, they need to be taught God's word. After they have known the principles, the fundamentals, then they can grow on to harder and more difficult and more mature teachings. It's required because you can't grow in the faith otherwise. As Paul would tell us in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So without hearing God's word, the faith can never grow. Brethren can encourage you, we can have activities to help you to be involved. But without the knowledge of God's word, the Christian will not grow in his conviction, in his knowledge, in his maturity. So teachings are definitely required. When we consider the example of the return exiles. Remember that Israel sinned against God, Israel and Judah, so they were brought into captivity. The northern Israel went into Assyrian captivity. They never really returned. They were intermarried and they became the group of people known as the Samaritans. Those who were in Judah, they were brought into Babylonian captivity. After 70 years of captivity, as Jeremiah prophesied, they were brought back to the land. But you can imagine 70 years in captivity, a lot of them were lost touch with God's word, And so they do not really know God's commandments very well. In fact, they were intermingling with the heathen, which God had commanded them not to. So when they were given the opportunity to hear God's word, they were very eager to learn. uh. In fact, Ezra was speaking to them from morning until midday. uh. How many of us can tahan a six-hour sermon? uh? I don't think any of us can. uh. But they were there, really really eager to listen. So you see that they were almost like new converts, coming out of captivity, exposed to God's word, probably for the first time in a long time. So they were very excited to learn God's word. And the Bible says that the Levites, Ezra and the Levites, they read in the law of God distinctly and then they gave the sense to explain and cause them to understand the reading. So what they were doing, Ezra as, as and the Levites were, they were expounding God's word. you were reading a passage, helping them to understand and then make application to their lives. Isn't that what teachers do for us as well? They present lessons, they show us a passage. We may have read the passage a couple of hundreds of times. But things that we never really digest and understood the passage. But teachers enlighten us. Wow, we never saw it in that light. They help us to understand the context, the meaning. Recently, we concluded the Sermon on the Mount. We have great teachers. Uncle Danny, Paul, share with us good lessons that we really benefited from. Some of them look at that and say, I never thought of that perspective before. But they really shed light on the passage through the study that they did. So teachers help us in that regard. Do you remember that at one point point in time when you recently obeyed the gospel, when you just obeyed the gospel, you were so excited to read the Bible, right? I know of brethren who six months after finished reading the whole Bible. Every day they were reading, so excited. But you know, sometimes I read uh, as a young convert, hey, don't know what this means, uh, very lost, uh, can't make sense. What do you do? You go to your teachers. Hey, what does this passage mean? uh? The new converts will go to their new convert class teachers. Can you share with me what does this passage mean? I don't really know what it's talking about. Well, teachers help enlighten them. So they play an important role in the church. I think the greatest are the greatest asset that we have at Eastside Church of Christ. They really help us to develop in the faith. But not just those young in the faith. Teachers also empower those who are already mature in the faith. Older Christians, they help them to drive them, to motivate them to be more involved in the work of the Lord. This passage you should be quite familiar by now. We have looked at that when we talk about the leadership of elders and deacons. The Bible tells us that Christ give sons to be apostles and prophets. These are first century roles, miraculous uh, officers that pass on from the scene. But today we have evangelists, we have pastors, which are elders, and then teachers. What do teachers do? Notice what it says. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Or as the New James version would say, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So teachers help to equip us. They train us so that we can be involved in the work of the church. Simply put, without teaching, Christians will not bear fruit because it is God's Word that pricks us in our heart, that motivates us to do the right thing. And so teachers are there to remind us of our duty, even showing us an example of what to do. And that is why inside we have a lot of Bible classes. Sometimes you say that we come for sermon, isn't that enough? We still have midweek classes, children classes, adult classes, Foundation classes. So many classes. Why is that? Because teachers teach us so that we can be fruitful Christians. When you look at the parable of sower, out of four soil, only one soil bear fruit. This was a good soil. Jesus says in Luke chapter 8 verse 15, those that are on the good soil are they, which is a good and honest heart. Notice what is a good and honest heart. They hear the word, they keep it, and they bring forth fruit with patience. So the people that will grow are those who hear God's word and then they'll keep it. So teachers, help them to hear and help them to apply to themselves. And then Christians will bear fruit. But of course, the word is with patience. Ah. You don't expect a new convert today. You teach him tomorrow, putting out to preach. They will need time to grow, to develop knowledge. And then eventually they can become teachers as well. So teachers really do a good work helping others to grow and to be fruitful Christians. In fact, we will consider that who needs to know God's word you'll be surprised that even elders need to learn God's word. In fact, remember, Paul gave an uh, address to the Ephesian elders. It was his departing note. Uh. And what did he tell the brethren? He tell the elders, uh, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Notice that even elders, they also need God's word to be built up, uh, to be sanctified, to grow yeah. strong in the faith. Elders also need that. So not just to say Christians, maybe people think that 30, 40 years I'm a Christian, I have nothing more to learn. Well, these elders are matured men, but yet they also need God's word in order to grow. As 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, who tells us, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For what purpose? That the man of God may be perfect or complete, highly furnished unto every good work. So teachers help us, equip us, so that we can be fruitful in every good work. So really, teachers, the work is not an easy job. They have a lot of responsibilities and they do a lot of uh, good work in the Lord's church. So having talked about the requirement for teachers, let us now look at what do teachers actually have to do. As I said, their job is not just teaching, but beyond that, they have to do other things as well, as God expects of them. Of course, the very primary work they do is they do teach. They preach the word of God to the lost. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2 says, Preach the word. Be instant of, in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So teachers are to reprove. Uh, okay. The word reprove means re-improve. You keep proving and proving again. You have to convict those who are misguided. Share with them the truth to enlighten them, to bring them to what God's word says. And then you have to rebuke. Uh, okay. So you have to correct you have to admonish those who are erring, those who are not following the truth. You have to rebuke them. And then you also have to uh, be able to exhort them. Exhort means you strengthen them, encourage them. People face a lot of difficulties, problems, challenges in life. Sometimes people need the encouragement from God's Word to know that they can be able to live a life as a Christian. It's a heavy commitment, but it's doable. So teachers, help them in that regard. And why do they have to do that? Well, 2 Timothy 4 verse 3 tells us of a perilous time that will come. He says the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they hear to themselves, teachers having itching ears. So today, the world has a lot of different kinds of divergent kind of doctrines. They teach you what you like to hear. You can pick and choose what is, what is uh, music to your ears. But the Bible says that these are people who will keep the teachers teachers having itching So teachers are to correct them, to help them to follow what is right, what is sound. So that's why they teach. That's why they have to reprove, rebuke, and exhort as well. And we see that the example of Paul, he did exactly that. In 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 11, we see that Paul actually exhorted, comforted, and charged the Christians. So he encouraged them He gave them comfort, but he also charged them. uh, He gave them commandments that they have to do. So teachers do that. They educate, they help to impart knowledge, and help people to become convicted in the faith. But to new converts, teachers don't just teach. uh, They have to live out the life for them. They have to be an example to them. Because new converts are looking for role models that they can emulate, that they can follow. So notice that teachers have a very very heavy responsibility. Uh. The younger children are looking at us. The younger teachers are looking at us. So we have to take our role seriously, to be good examples, to be role models for them to follow. In fact, Paul would tell Timothy, let no man despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So over here, it tells us that six things that teachers are to be an example in. First, is that in word so it means in the speech they must be of good speech uh, uh not to use words that are profane not to use words that are uh, rude okay so that's what teachers do they try to encourage that words are filled with edification they also have to be example in conversation the word conversation is an old english word uh, it means conduct uh, so the way that they live their lives must be pure must be exemplary so that people can follow they must also be an example In charity, it means in love. uh. Teachers show interest in their students. uh. The teachers that you remember uh, are those that have shown an interest in you, right? They change your lives. They help you to be better. So teachers need to be an example in that as well to help their students to become better people. And also it says in spirit as well. uh, The attitude of teachers is very important. Teachers, when you come to the class, uh, the students need to be excited. uh. You don't just come here to just deliver a message and then bore them. uh. Teachers that make an impact on life, usually they are the ones that are very enthusiastic, very driven, isn't it? I remember that when I was in secondary school, I uh, uh, was in sec one, sec two. Uh, uh, at that point in time, we had to choose humanities. So I wanted to go to the science stream, so I had to choose two humanities. Uh, when I was in sec one, I thought that I will choose history and geography because the, the, the I didn't do really well in literature. Uh, so I say give up literature. I'll do but, you know, my, I choose these two. But know I changed my choice in uh, secondary two. Why so? Because of two teachers that changed my life. Okay. One was not a very good example. It's a negative example. It was my geography teacher. Uh. He comes to class, he just take a book, open the book, turn to page what, and he read in the most monotonous tone. Uh. No explanation whatsoever. No, no uh, illustration, no example. So he just read through the book, and I'll let's close the book. Next week, we will continue from page what to page what. Wow, I was like very boring. Uh. Every time I wait for time to pass, I uh, wow, very slow. If only I had Amos as my geography teacher, I think I would probably pick that subject. Huh? But no, that was the teacher that cheered my interest. I said, no geography. But literature, I had a very good teacher. He made the story very interesting. I had one of the most boring books for literature. Huh? It's called The Good Earth. Huh? I don't know how many you have done that for literature. Very boring story. But the way the teacher illustrated and bring the character to life really excited me. And this teacher taught me for Sec 2, Sec 3, and Sec 4. What an amazing teacher. She taught us a uh, from Shakespeare. And uh, that's where I learned to love Shakespeare. So teachers develop the interest in us uh, that we become so excited that, that and then we become better people. That interest stays with me for life. Today, I still love literature a lot. I love to read because of that teacher that changed my life. Can you remember my class teacher that changed your life, helping you to be a better student? Well, I can remember. Uh, I remember when I was in primary school, I uh, had a teacher that taught me about the war of kings and, Ju- kings and judges. Wow, the teacher really made the fightings, the wars, all this come alive. And that really excited me. I begin to love the, to read about the, the wars in the Bible, the kings that come to pass, the judges. Why so? Because of the teacher. So teachers really are important. You need to show the kind of spirit, the attitude that excites the students. Don't come to class with a boring attitude or boring uh, thinking that it's a burden. That will not cause the children to love the subject. In fact, sometimes they hate reading the Bible because of the, the teachers that are boring. So make it exciting for them. And also, they have to be an example in faith as well. This means that fidelity. That to show forth the example of faithfulness, coming to church regularly, being an example to them, as well as in purity, being in the holy lives, the conduct that they live. So, teachers, it's not easy, uh. The children, the students hold you to a high esteem, uh, but yet you have to live worthy of that. Don't let them down, be a good example to them. Why is it so important? Because the example uh, will direct them. It causes the people to be saved or to be lost. Uh. That's how important the example of a teacher is. 1 Timothy 4, verse 16, Paul would tell Timothy, take it to yourself and to the doctrine. So whatever you teach, be an example. Continue in them. Notice why he says. For doing this, you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. So notice the salvation of the students is dependent on the teaching and the example of teachers. So teachers who don't teach well, who are not good examples, you are guilty of causing them if they lose their souls. Uh. So we have really a heavy responsibility. That's why James chapter 3 verse 1, uh, James who says, be not many of you teachers, or you shall receive the greater condemnation. Not to discourage people from being teachers, but to let them realize the heaviness of the responsibility. So teachers really need to take the responsibility very, very seriously. And of course, Paul was a good example. When he wrote to the Thessalonians, he actually told them that you are witnesses and God also. How holily, justly, and unblamably we behave ourselves among you that believe. So you are someone that sought not to stumble people, but to encourage. He lived a holy life and a just life. He lived according to God's word. So teachers are important because they model for the students to follow. People need models, role models. And teachers are oftentimes the role model that they look to. And the third thing that teachers do need to do, as we mentioned, they are there to empower those mature in the faith. So they need to equip and to train Christians. As we see in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. So they nurture Christians to help them to serve and to build up the church. So nurturing Christians, training them, uh, doesn't mean that, oh, today uh, I put you to preach. Uh, That's what I do. I ask you to serve at the Lord's table. Not just that. uh. You have to teach them what to do, train them. So when you put a person to teach, Help to go through the lesson if they're a first-time teacher. Help them to improve. we put a person to serve at the Lord's table. Teach them what to pray for. Because a lot of times people get very anxious, uh, uh, nervous uh, when they're first-time doing it. So teach them, model for it for them, maybe even practice for them as well. In 4 our privilege to have a lot of good instructors. Uh, they critique our lessons. Wow, very barbaric. Uh. Really tear you to be Tell you where you have gone wrong but wow, very painful. My wife, actually went through that as well, now she's attending classes on audit at 4C's. We say, wow, the teachers are a bit uh, harsh. Uh. I said, that's for you to grow because you really need to know where you are going wrong, where you need to improve. And so they do that. But teachers do that with the good of the students at heart. They want you to be better in what you do. And why do teachers need to equip and train Christians? Well, it's to protect them. To protect them from false teachings. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, he explains why teachers and other officers, they have to be able to equip the Christians. It says, so that we will not be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There are many false teachers out there. People will try to win your attention. They'll try to deceive you with whatever fanciful theories that they have. So teachers are to equip students so they are steadfast in their faith. They can be able to defend themselves against false teachings. People bring another message. They know that this is not what the Bible teaches. That's what teachers do to protect the flock. And also Paul was an example to them. Paul actually trained the Thessalonians well. These were converts that he made while he was preaching in Thessalonica. And now these Christians became examples to those who are in Macedonia and Achaia. They had a good teacher, the teacher that told them, that taught them by example to be holy, to be just, and to love their brethren. And remember that these were good brethren, uh, they were good examples. In fact, Paul used the Macedonians, which includes the Thessalonica, to motivate the Corinthians to give to them. Right. Remember, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, chapter 8 and chapter 9. Paul used the example of the Macedonians that though they were poor, uh, they were generous givers. These people learned from Paul. They became good examples. They were equipped. They were trained to be good Christians. Today in the church, we have so many good teachers. Actually, you realize that these are actually the fruits uh, of the good teachers that have taught them. You are beneficiaries of good teachers that never gave up on them. We have brethren that grew up in the church. Paul, Amos, well, all they grew up in the church. Now they're very good teachers because the teachers taught them well. They brought them up well, imparted knowledge to them. Today they continue to teach other people as well to help the younger generation to become teachers. I'm thankful that my teachers never give up on me and uh, my background teachers. Uh, the, my batch that grew up together, we were quite a notorious bunch. Uh. Uh, me, Samuel, Jonathan, Amos, my brother. Uh, I can think, I think the teachers will tell you that we were a terror, uh, one of the most uh most uh, branches that they taught. Uh. Uh, we were making a lot of trouble in class. Uh. Every week, uh, you'll find someone standing outside the class because misbehave, never do memory work, and making making a lot of nonsense in class. Uh, okay? uh, every time you see the old past, you see us, stand there, then we'll paint our face our back so that people will see us. Verify uh. say, uh, that was teacher then. Uh. Today you can't do that. Uh. You get you get complained by the parents. But that was good, that was good teaching, that was good education. So that's how they teach us. Today we know memory versus because we were, we were drilled in them. Uh. Okay. So, good teachers, they do that. And then, those that they teach become good teachers as well. So, we need that kind of teachers in the church. They will take a concern about the students, equip, and to train them. So, teachers, you have seen that they do a good work. They have a very heavy responsibility. So, we need to really treat them well. How then should we respond to our teachers, to our teachers? Well, I'd like to talk about three things that we can do to show afford our gratitude, our appreciation. Firstly, attend the lessons. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, by exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Of course, in this context, talking about the worship assembly. But by extension, we can bring it to other classes as well. As the manner of some is, also some tradition says, as the habit of some is. Some have gone into the habit of forsaking the assembly. Some have gone into the, assembly of, the habit of forsaking classes. When we are young, don't you remember a time that we were very regular attending every Bible class? But as you grow older, we are distracted by so many things. We go into the habit of forsaking Bible classes. But knowing that it's so important, shouldn't we put much time and effort into attending these classes to be able to grow in the faith? Attend the classes even if you haven't heard the lesson before. Well, if you are very familiar with the subject, you can come and share your experience, share your knowledge to help others as well. Contribute to the discussion. Sometimes you may say that, actually, I've got a lot of other things to do. Very important, very busy. Well, don't you think the teachers have that? Don't you think the other students have that as well? But they make it a priority. So come, even though you have other things that are important, make time for these classes. Sometimes you may say, wow, traveling very long, ah, very inconvenient. Ah. by in Philippines, ah, we have brethren that travel four hours ah, to attend church services, do you know that? They attend, meet- week, uh, they attend the midweek meet- classes. They come. They actually have to leave the house at 6 o'clock to reach the Bible class at 8 o'clock. They finish the car at 9 o'clock, it took another two hours to travel home to 11 o'clock. Singapore, we are very blessed. Huh? We have good transport. I think one end to the other probably take about one and a half hours, no matter where you come from. And we make it even more convenient. If you can't come, I understand a lot of people are working, very hectic, busy lives. We have Zoom. Attend the Zoom classes if you can. But of course, it's better if you can come and attend physical classes. Encourage the brethren. So we hope that more people will come to join us in the Bible classes that we have. Because you can imagine uh, how discouraging it is for a teacher uh, and the students when they come uh, and see a half-empty class uh, instead of a bustling class. It will be good for discussion if you have more students, people be able to share ideas and be able to help us to come to a better knowledge of the truth. You know, teachers don't feed off the energy of the class. But they see a lot of students very excited asking questions. Uh. Teachers also get more animated. Uh. I remember a time that we had, uh, COVID, uh, all of us go online, go Zoom, well, uh. oh, I tell you, that was one of the harder teaching, teaching to, to do, uh. I almost bore myself to death when I see myself in the screen, uh. I don't see any students, uh, I, teach, teach, I say, oh, don't know whether they are still there. People stepping along. I don't know. I can't get any response. I don't get any questions. Everybody very shy online. But when you come to class, people ask questions. Well, teachers enjoy that, uh, they feel all the energy. They get more enthusiastic as well. So come enjoy and learn from one another. The midweek class, are uh, we have brethren that are very good examples, are uh. The past ministry class uh, we have one sister we actually had the project that is due uh, uh, at night at midnight nah. uh also hey, wow, you're here very good you nah. said that actually she had the project and then i say how well, then how or oh, you should burn midnight oil you nah. came to bible class and then burn midnight oil. i said wow well, you're really an inspiration and encouragement to us all we have a brother that comes very regular always uh punctual but the day he was late i said hey, what happened nah? uh he said, oh no work late say what wow, Work late? you still come nah. can you attend online one you know Come and support nah. Wow, really very encouraging. Even work late, to uh, so come and join us for the maybe class. He didn't say, take the easy way out. Uh. Have dinner at home, relax and watch. But he says he want to come to be an encouragement to the brethren. So please come, join us if you can. Uh, uh In our lesson, we really can learn much from God's Word as we encourage and we share and learn from God's Word. Especially for the upcoming Bible seminar, uh, imagine if the guest speaker comes in, uh, wow, five or six people. They spend a lot of money to travel here, a lot of time to prepare the lessons. Wow. Uh, Don't let the West lessons go to waste. Come and join us for this Bible seminar. Be an encouragement to them. Share with them your life. Let them know the struggles you are going through. These are great teachers. uh. We can learn much from them. And the lectureship is coming. Take leave if you have for the lectureship. Encourage the speakers. These are really good times that we can really be enriched. uh. Whenever I go to lectureship, uh, it feels like I'm back in the Bible college again. I get very excited uh, because you can really learn a lot from God's Word. Okay. This year, we will be speaking in the uh, adult's class, uh, the, the main class. Come and support and hear from God's Word. We have some of the teachers, the ladies, uh, a number of our ladies are teaching the children's class. So it's the first time you're having children's classes. So if you have children, don't worry. Just bring them along, put them in the class, attend the main lessons, and get to learn from God's Word. So show our appreciation for teachers by attending the classes. Secondly, we can also appreciate their efforts as well. Uh. We appreciate them. The Bible says, we we'll esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Of course, in the content is talking about those who have the rule over us, talking about elders who we'll teach. Huh? But we have teachers that we need to esteem them for their work as well. Esteem them, even though they may not be the most knowledgeable. Huh? Maybe you have more experience and knowledge than them. But appreciate them. Even though they may not be very eloquent. Huh? Uh, I know that people always complain, I speak too fast. Huh? But I'm thankful for always the encouragement, even though uh, I speak very fast and sometimes not very coherent, but thankful for the encouragement always. And even though they may not be the most interesting, uh, say, yeah, this lesson, uh, the teacher doesn't teach well, uh, very boring. But recognize that they just spend much time and effort uh, in preparing the lessons. Those of you who are teachers, you know that uh, teaching and preparing a lesson is not easy. uh. You spend a lot of time, hours, agonizing about what to share, how to bring examples that are relevant to make the lesson come to life. A lot of effort being being used. uh. The teachers, I'm sure they have better things to do also. They could say that, I want to relax. I want to spend time with my family, I want to go out with friends. But yet they say that it's important to be involved in teaching God's Word. So we really appreciate all the teachers in this congregation. A lot of time, effort preparing that. So what we can do, thank them for the lesson, encourage them. Even though sometimes teachers may not teach very well, they may say things that are wrong, be corrected, they may feel down, give them a word of encouragement. As well as forbear them, uh, sometimes teachers step on toes uh, because they teach the truth. And some people may not be very comfortable. They take offense to what they say. But my instructor tells us uh, that we're actually pricking people's hearts. Uh. So stepping on the toes is a side effect. But we need to prick people's heart So help people to grow. So when they even when they make us feel uncomfortable, they teach us things, they feel offended, well, take it in the right spirit, knowing that they're teaching God's word to help us to grow. And thirdly, what we can do is to adopt the examples. Teachers set examples for us to follow, and so we adopt the examples. As well the examples, even though sometimes they may have things, peculiar habits that we're not comfortable with. Uh. I remember in school, uh, like, well, in college, uh, a teacher like to dig the nose, I don't know why. Uh. Teacher halfway will dig nose one. Uh, uh. Very distracting, but never, never mind. His teaching is very good. He's concerned for the students. Not very comfortable, but okay, but the a good teacher, we respect that. Sometimes teachers don't live up to our expectations. Uh. Sometimes it's because are, our expectations are a bit too high. Uh. We expect teachers to be there at every activity. How come my teacher not here at midweek? How come my teacher not there at attracting? But imagine they must prepare lessons. Where their time comes from? They have to spend time with family. They have to prepare lessons. So inevitably, they may not be there for every activity, but we try to learn from the good examples. As Paul, as John says, beloved, follow that not which is evil, but that which is good. Whatever good example your teacher show, follow the examples. Okay. And then sometimes they may falter and stumble. They are not perfect people. They may still fall into sin. They may get discouraged. Well, encourage them. That's the time that they need your encouragement. And when students encourage the teachers, I can tell you, that's a very uplifting thing to teachers. They really appreciate the efforts that the students make. So follow the examples. Follow the example of the faith that they have, the service that they have got for God, and the love that they have for the students. Follow these good examples that we can see, that we can follow. So brethren, in this morning's lesson, we have considered God's plans for teachers in the church. We spoke about why is there a need for teachers. Teachers are there to educate those that are not in the faith. Even after they become Christians, they need to be enlightened to know God's word. And then those even who are mature Christians, many Christians, they need the motivation, the drive to be able to be empowered to serve. What do they just do? Well, they preach the word to the lost, they are example to the new converts, and they equip and train Christians to help them to be effective servants of the Lord. What should we do to our teachers? We should attend their lessons appreciate their efforts, and adopt their examples. Teaching is really a very onerous responsibility and a great commitment. As James chapter 3 verse 1 says, Let not many of you be teachers, knowing that you shall receive the greater condemnation or the greater judgment. As I mentioned, this is not to discourage us, but to let us know the responsibility required. When your parents tell you that when you get married, you have to be serious about life, it's not to tell you say, don't get married, nah, but then make sure you take your responsibility carefully, be a good husband, be a good father. But we need teachers. And in fact, teachers are so important. We need to take our responsibility very seriously. Don't just say that, oh, it's a it's a children's class, it's a teenager, I can just anyhow prepare. Time teachers will tell me that hey, easy, easy class, I just teach. Nah. No, every class requires effort. Nah. Don't waste people's time. My instructor put it to me this way: nah. he said, if you are waste, if you don't teach well, you are not just wasting half an hour's time. Nah. If you teach a half an hour sermon, you're just talking just waiting half an hour. You times the number of students are there. So imagine for this group, you have 50 people. If I teach uh if I don't prepare my lesson well, half an hour times 50, yeah, that's about 25 hours. Ah. That's how much time you are wasting. Ah. That's why my instructor teachers tell us: make sure you do your job properly. Prepare the lesson. If you are not going to prepare, don't teach. That's the responsibility that teachers have. But teachers also have a tremendous blessing a privilege to be able to teach gospel. Paul says in Romans 10, verse 15, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. We have many beautiful feet over here. Uh, please don't take off your shoes You uh. don't smell anything, but very are a lot of beautiful feet. There are people who bring the gospel to others. Very good brethren that take initiative. When they see that there are visitors, say, can I teach a visitor? This visitor, anyone teaching them? So happy that people are willing to teach. And we hope that more brethren can step up to be teachers. You don't just have to be a a, a, a adult-class teacher. You can teach children, you can teach the teenagers, you can teach visitors. Even those of you who are parents, you realize you are a teacher, you teach your own children. So many responsibilities, many opportunities for us to be teachers. In closing, I'd like to share with you three kinds of teachers. Someone I say that there are three kinds of teachers. The first kind are the forgotten ones. These, these teachers did not really dedicate themselves to the proper preparation and presentation of the material. Sometimes they take the notes, they just read, they don't prepare. The forgotten teachers. And then we are the forgiven ones. Huh? These teachers try their best, but perhaps they do not have what it takes, and therefore they need to be forgiven. But don't give up on them, because all of us have to go through a growth process. We don't really become the best teacher. We have to go through the time, go through the training, go through the opportunity. Be patient with our young teachers. Sometimes you say, hey, the young teachers don't really teach well. Why put them to teach? But everybody has to start somewhere. If you don't put them to teach, you will never get better. We give opportunities, we help them to improve. So forgive them if they have not done a good job encourage them, help them to do better. And then the third kind is the forever remembered ones. These are teachers that teach their job, do their job well, they make an impression on us and we always remember them for the good work that they do. So brethren, the lost church has been of more teachers. Will we step up to be a forever remembered teacher? As Paul says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, The things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit down to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The work of teaching has to continue. One generation has to pass on to another generation. Today, you are recipients of the teachers that have taught us well. If you have the opportunity, be a teacher to help to pass to the next generation as well. The friends that are with our means, thank you once again for taking time to be with us. Some of you have been taught the gospel for a period of time. Perhaps you are considering whether to be obey the gospel. Well, will you be a doer of God's word and render obedience to God? As James 1.22 tells us, be thou doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If you have heard God's word, God wants you to obey the gospel. God wants you to be safe. It's not enough just to hear, uh, but you have to obey the gospel. Follow the example of your teachers that have taught you Obey the Gospel and be a child of God and you have a lot of opportunities to be able to serve in His Kingdom. How to become a child of God? Well, God has done His part, sending His Son to die for us. Our Lord Jesus shed His blood for us and the Holy Spirit has revealed to us the message of how to be saved. Our job is very easy. We have to hear the Gospel, which some of you have already done, believe the Gospel. If you believe, then we have to make changes in our life, to repent of our sins, to confess Jesus as the Son of God, and to be baptized to wash away your sins. All these are not difficult to do. Probably the most difficult will be repent, a change of life. But if you know that there is a God, you know that there is a better way for you, why not make this a day of salvation, a day of joy, and obey the gospel? Thereafter, remain faithful unto death, and then you will receive a crown of life. The Christian journey is difficult, but not impossible. We have a lot of brethren here that will come and support us to help us a lot of teachers that are willing to guide us in the truth and help to encourage us. Would you want to make yourself right with God this day? If you'd like to do so, why not come as you stand and sing the hymn of invitation and encouragement, Whispering Hope. That's a the
1: voice of an angel Breathing a lesson unheard Hope with a gentle persuasion Wispers a comforting word Wait till the darkness is over Wait till life's tempest is done Hope for the sunshine tomorrow After the shower is gone Wait Burying home oh how well come thy voice Making my heart in his own glory If in the dust of the twilight Dim be the region of not the deepening darkness in the glimmering star? Then when the night is upon us, Why should our hearts sink away? When the dumb midnight is over, watch for the breaking of day. Whispering hope, oh, how well come thy voice, making my heart in his song, rejoice, hope as an anchor so stiff, when the dark fell for the soul with the master has entered, robbing the grave of his gold. Come then, oh, come prove provision. Come to my sad, very heart. Come, oh, thou, blessed hope of glory. Never, oh, never, depart. With you, burning hope. Oh, how well come thy voice making my heart in its sorrow rejoice.